Welcome to The Power of Good, a podcast series that highlights the work of people doing great things, caring things, often life-saving things for other people. These are the altruists, the optimists, the social entrepreneurs among us, those helping others across backgrounds, politics, religion, and geography in compassionate and creative ways. I'm your host, Jake Murray, and join me as I seek out these inspiring leaders and innovators to learn more about their work, what they do for others, and why they do it. One of our models in the space is at the clubhouse, you can be anything. I've actually been challenged by that where a youth was like, well, you can't be a dragon here. Like, yes, you can. <laughs> you actually, you probably could in a certain way. Like you can animate yourself into a dragon. You can make a music video about you being a dragon. Use your creativity, use your imagination. It's something that's very important to have. For the kids of yesteryear, a clubhouse was a place to come together around a game, some snacks, maybe a book, an escape from the outside world of adults. Today, kids are still coming together to escape from the outside world. Launched in the 1990s, the clubhouse in Roxbury is a dynamic space in the heart of Dudley Square where local teens hone in on their passions while also developing their creative and communication skills. Linking youth with mentors, the clubhouse is a dynamic space that has everything from 3D printers to a professional music studio to robotics, pro tools, and much, much more. We spoke to Kamal London, program manager at the clubhouse, about how he and other teens have been using the space and what it means to be in that community. Kamal, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here, and this is a great opportunity. Thank you. So I want to start with this question of what is the challenge that the clubhouse is trying to address in the world? I feel like I have a lot of ways to answer that, but what I can definitely say is that we want to provide a space where youth can be themselves, be creative, and have access to high-end technology to really pursue their dreams and their passions. Um, we want all youth to come in here, feel like it's a second home, experiment with the tools that we have and really see the potential of what they really love to do, um, whether that's working with engineering, whether that's art, whether that's music, whether that's science. We want them to really push that and see there's actually a career for anything out there that you're really passionate about. The focus of the clubhouse is, is exposing youth to technology. So why is that important? How is it connected to the emerging digital economy in Boston and around the world? Why do youth need to have those skills and those tools to be successful? Um, what good thing about the clubhouse is that youth will come in here. They may not be, they may not be the most popular person in their school, but they come to the clubhouse and they're like a superstar. And uh, we offer so many, so many different tools and a lot of different platforms for youth to really you know, be the best person that they can be with whatever they're passionate about. And it's very important that youth are able to at least, you know, just try out different things, um, really diving in, whether you're good at something or not. The fact that you've been able to try it and you have all these different skills, it's also very important to put on a resume or a portfolio. And these are things that we really try to encourage youth. You know, we want them to have fun, but we also want them to have hard fun. You're learning something at the same time you're playing. and whatever you learn in here is something that's relevant to 
everything else in the world? It's called the clubhouse. It's yes. outside of the school. Yep. Why is that important? Why is it important to have this space that's different, that's outside, that students come to, that it's a break or it has some distance from school? I think the most important thing for me, and I know our director agrees with this and everybody else in the space, we don't necessarily want it to feel like school. You know, kids spend a lot of time in school, they're doing a lot of work, they're doing a lot of hard work, preparing them for college and the real world. We're also doing the same, but we want you to come in here and actually feel comfortable. Sometimes you may not feel like you can express yourself in school because you're so focused on a particular subject, you're really trying to figure out you know, um, a problem that will help you later on in life in school, and they're preparing you for that. We're also doing the same, but we want you to come in here and actually have fun with learning. So we find that when we're not telling youth what to do, when we're not giving them a curriculum or a structure and telling them you need to sit down, eat your vegetables, do your homework, it's more like, you know, what did you do today? Um, what is this, what are you interested in? What's this project that you want to work on? A youth may say, oh, I want to make a beat today. I want to make a music song. And we approach them with more of a structure like, okay, so let's help you make this song. You know what else you could do with this song? You could put it online, you can make a music video for it, you can make an album cover, and really just more inspiring them rather than telling them what to do. And we find when we give youth that freedom to practically do what they want creatively, it allows them to learn better. So let me get this straight. So teenagers are coming in, you're totally trusting them to come up and develop what they want on their own, and that really works? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> a lot of interesting times, you know, we found that one good thing, you know, we, the good thing we don't tell youth what to do, we found youth that may have come in here, there's, so, there's a lot of stuff in this place and that can seem intimidating. The first thing I do when a youth comes to the door is I welcome them, you know, hey, welcome to the clubhouse, let me show you around a bit, show you what we have, tell you what the place is, and then literally let them roam free and open things, nothing in this place is closed off. So you can literally open any drawer, find something you may be interested in to work with and work right there. What I've found is when you do that, um, sometimes they may dive right into something, they have an idea. Other times they may need time to relax and like figure things out. So they may sit there for like an hour or something, look around, look at what other people are doing. Eventually something will catch their eye and then the conversations will start happening. And I think that's the best thing about the place organic conversations start happening about creation. So like, again, what are you doing? What is, what's that you're working on? Can I learn that too? And sure, let's work together. And that always happens. Like no matter how much freedom we give youth or even, you know, if they're on their phone for a bit or if they're watching the video online, it's a way for them to create inspiration and towards what they want to do. So that's a good reason why there is no structured routine in this place. It's more like you come in, you, come in, you have an idea. How can we help you foster that idea? And we find when we give youth that responsibility and freedom to really do what they want, they are more interested in learning. So it's self-directed, it's motivated, they can create, they can express themselves. So you're not a teacher. No. Your role is something else. How would you describe your role in the way that you're helping kids navigate this space? Well, my professional role is the flagship manager, which I'm also the coordinator of the space, so I actually manage the space. But I'd call myself my actual role. I'm more like a lead mentor. And mentoring is less of what I mentioned earlier of like do your homework, eat your vegetables. It's more building relationships. So we're all about discovering their passion in that and then giving them opportunities to see like this is where you could go with that. Let's help you get to this avenue. Let's help you build your resume so you can get to here. 
and like you know one of our models in the space is at the clubhouse you can be anything I've actually been challenged by that where a youth was like, well, you can't be a dragon here. Like, yes, you can. <laughs> you actually, you probably could in a certain way. Like, you can animate yourself into a dragon. You can make a music video about you being a dragon. Use your creativity. Use your imagination. It's something that's very important to have. And a big part of my role and my passion, um, I feel like my main skill is finding the potential in people. I'm really good at seeing what people are good at and what they want. And that's something I try to spread to every youth in the space about being yourself, really go for your passions, don't give up no matter how hard it is. The longer you push yourself at it, you finish that, you'll feel much better about it. And that's a big part of my role is helping build those relationships mm -hmm. and inspire youth to really do whatever they want in the space. So the clubhouse wasn't always here in Dudley Square. It was at the Museum of Science. And then it moved to Dudley Square, which is in many ways the cultural and commercial center for Roxbury, one of the um, communities of color, the largest communities of color in Boston. Why did you make the move here as a clubhouse? What was the reasoning for that? Very intentional. So um, a lot of it was access to youth of color who have a space to be creative and use, utilize higher technology where in otherwise areas they wouldn't be able to. Um, when we were at the museum, you know, we were still accessible, but it was a longer, it was a longer distance for a lot of youth who live in this type of neighborhood who couldn't get there. And you know that's something that I wanted to see change and I wanted to see more youth get to this space. We purposely move here. We're right next to Dudley Square, which is one of the largest bus hubs in the city. Almost every bus from the city comes to Dudley Square. And more youth are able to come here because of that. And we've seen a much larger amount of youth come to this space, which is amazing for me. Um, we've seen much more youth of color come to this space. And the place is so loved, even the kids who used to go, to the, who went to the Museum of Science as a clubhouse member, we call youth members rather than just kids because we want them to feel they belong in the space. They've actually followed us over to the Roxbury location because they love it so much. So we have a large diversity of kids that come here, but we really are focused on providing this opportunity for youth of color and want them to have this space and want them to be able to get here. And we're all about finding ways for them to get here if they have transportation issues and they can't make it here as well. You have this slogan that says, where technology meets imagination. That's your clubhouse slogan. Let's unpack that. What does that mean? Well, a big part of utilizing technology, I personally feel, is being able to express your imagination and implement it into that. I don't feel you can simply use technology and just follow an instruction book. You have to be creative problem solvers. One big aspect of this place is we encourage you to be creative problem solvers so they can better figure out their um, whatever challenges they have in life and move forward from that. A lot of companies that work with technology, a big part of their job is solving problems with technology. So how do we do that in here and how do we make that accessible to youth? One thing that happens in the clubhouse, um, we have a 3D printer in this space and a lot of times that may go through very small issues 3D printers are very particular in how you have to set them up in order to print things. It may break down. We're not, our first instinct isn't to send it out and get it repaired. Our first in instinct is like, well, what happened with this? What do you think went wrong? How can we solve this utilizing other technology that we have in this space? And we're telling youth this. And a lot of times, youth will be the ones that fix this equipment rather than us. And it's a combination of working together, and it's also a skill that they can further use in life. So what are some of the projects or the ways that students' imagination has really taken off here? 
What are some examples? Students come in and they say, I'm going to do this. And it becomes this huge project or interesting project. There's a lot. Um, when I was a kid, I, uh, we had a youth who was very focused on making a short movie. He decided he wanted to make a zombie film. So he wrote out all the story for the uh, short film. He did the screenplay. He uh, drew out the storyboards for it. He talked to different people in the space what they would want to see in a zombie film. He got the costume designs ready, the makeup. We had equipment for it to be used during the time. I was a participant in it as a zombie. I wasn't a very good zombie, but you know he kind of pushed me <laughs> on that. We utilized the clubhouse space to do it. Um, it's something that was very small through a conversation, I think, that happened, and it was in his head, and he just started bringing it up to people. And then the more he talked about it, the more it like expanded to this actual big film. And you know, we utilized so much in the space with the equipment. Um, we actually went to the, this was at the Science Museum where we actually went to the top of the museum and filmed it. We did some editing and Adobe, um, Adobe Premiere. And you know, the final product was just really cool. And it was something that was you know, just original talking point and something that was in his head. And the more he talked about it with members, the more people were interested and it grew into this big thing. Um, another thing I've seen here is a youth who comes here to make music. He's also talented at graphic design. He's only 16, but he's into old school hip hop. And he has, he's like a, he's like a kid with an old man sort of mentality. Like he's always talking yeah. about these young kids these days. And it's really funny, but he, <laughs> he's 16, you said? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but he's such a good kid. And he's like, he makes these amazing instrumental beats. And he made so many to the point where he's like, you know, I'm going to make an album. He started doing a countdown online about when he's going to release this album, started promoting it. People were starting to get hype about it. He did the cover art for it um, in Adobe Illustrator. And then he finally released it on a particular day. And it's actually something I wanted to download because it was so good. And then we had a little release party for it here. And I think him doing that and no one else doing it here inspired other people to start to do that. We have another member who's also doing the same thing, but with lyrics. And he actually learned from this other kid to uh, learn how to make his own uh, album cover for it. He's starting to make a Facebook page for it, promoting it on Instagram. He's going to do just seeing that uh, ripple effect when one kid does something and another kid does something. And then it turns into this They collaborate. Game. They do a work yeah, together. And it happened organically. And that's part. I feel like that's also part of a relationship I helped inspire to build. You know, I said, hey, Nick Mates Beats you should go over here and make this um, with this other kid over here, and he likes to do it, and then show him what you know, and so it can grow in this bigger thing, and it just kind of happened. And the other day, they were like working together to make a sort of album cover or a logo, and it's just an amazing thing seeing things like that and seeing people really focus on it and taking their time and not rushing through it and then you know really loving what they do after the fact. I'm like, oh, this is really dope. I like that. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you encourage the youth that are here to have hard fun. What does that mean? Hard fun in my head is, you know, having a passion and a love for what you do, but also taking it seriously. So you can do an instant gratification project, do something that maybe takes 30 minutes and then be like, okay, I'm done, this is cool, I'm never gonna do it again. But hard fun is actually taking that instant gratification and be like, you know what, I could actually do so much more with this if I'm going to draw this picture, maybe I could animate it. So then you're going to figure out how to use Adobe Animate, go in there, figure out the steps of that, make a quick animation, 
you know what, I'm not satisfied with this. I'm gonna make this into an hour long animation and I'm actually gonna add special effects using Adobe After Effects. Then I'm gonna get a camera and do this. Like you're learning so much at the same time and you're expanding on what you're already passionate about. That to me is hard fun. You're having fun learning and you're loving what you do that you're pushing it beyond what you ever thought. How much of your work is to help kids be resilient? Or you thought you were gonna do something, it's taking more time, there's problems, it's, you have to reset, you failed. I mean, how much of your work is working through those kinds of situations that with, is, with youth? That is about 90% of my work, honestly. <laughs> a lot of kids- uh, All of us. <laughs> a lot of kids are very- In our own lives. Yeah. Impatient and you know, they just wanna get things done quick. It's all about really inspiring them and encouraging them to be like, you know, if you really pushed this or did this slightly different, you know, I love how you do this, but why don't you add this and see what it sounds like? Just giving them other options rather than what's already set in their mind, I think encourages them to want to do more. So a lot of my work revolves around that and checking in on what youth are doing rather than telling them and you know seeing that, oh, that's really dope. Like, I hope you continue to do this because one day it could grow into this. You can make so much more money than me. Like, just keep doing it. And youth really, youth really listen to that. And I think they really push themselves the more they hear it. Right. And I'm not about rushing youth. Um, I don't like rushing anybody. So if you need to take a year to do it, take a year to do it. We're always going to be open. We're always here for you. I'm never going to give up on that. So really take your time and be focused on that. Mm. Talk about the mentoring program. How does that work? How do you think it's unique from other youth programs? Um, we encourage mentors to honestly build relationships with youth, get to know them. Youth get to know the mentors. We like to spotlight mentors so youth are familiar with their interests and what they're into. Um, a lot of mentors will be in the space on particular days, see what youth are into, and you know, just build conversations with that. But the other great thing about mentors, it's not about the skills you have or what you're really good at. It's about you wanting to dive in and try things and build those relationships. So they don't have to be an expert in 3D printing. They don't have to be an expert in audio recording. No, that helps, but is that... It does help, but that's not what we're generally looking for. We're looking for people who are actually working with youth. We want mentors who are just dedicated to being in the space, seeing youth be passionate about what they love. You moving to this space, moving to Dudley Square, has that changed the profile or mix of your mentors? Yes, we've had a few mentors um, from the museum come over here with us, but we've also had mentors who have come from different um, universities like Northeastern. We'll have a mentor who's gonna be here um, from Mass College of Art. Um, we've had mentors that work in the graphic design business, some mentors from MIT. There's a large range of mentors and a lot of people will generally just walk into the space, a lot of adults, and they'll be like, what is this? And then we explain the program and be like, oh, how can I help? I'm like, you can mentor here. And then we you know, introduce them to some youth in the space, show them around. And they actually want to come back and like mentor. And they they what we ask the mentors is to come in here at least um, once a week or once or twice a week and be consistent with that. Make so a commitment. Can, yeah. yeah, so you can um, actually get to know them and there's no um, heavy turnover. But once they do that and they're into the space, you know, a lot of other people start hearing about it. And word of mouth just brings more people into the space. Like, Do they go through their own training? Is there a clubhouse mentoring orientation or workshop or can yes. anybody just come in and just start mentoring um we do do background checks on our mentors um we do you know we do get to know who they are we have them fill out a form um once we select them 
We give them a little orientation in the space, explain them what mentoring is about, and then we actually encourage them to go free and you know explore the space, start creating, start working with youth, help inspiring them. And a lot of them, we really don't have any bad mentors here. Mm. They're all good people. They've all really been dedicated to seeing youth be passionate in the space. So, so I want to talk about your personal involvement with Clubhouse, going back to when you were in high school. Talk about that journey, what it's meant for you, what you've done with your experience and what you've learned here to apply to your own life and to your own career. That's uh, my favorite part. So back in the day when I was a young troublemaker playing Magic the Gathering in the library, um, I heard about the clubhouse through my, older, through my older cousin at the time. And this is when we were first at the Children's Museum. We were called the Computer Clubhouse. And there were literally just computers back then. Um, didn't think about it much, but the more my cousin talked about it, the more he went there, the more I started to visit more often. I eventually became a member in the space. My background was in um, illustration. I loved to draw. I didn't really think about what I was going to do with drawing. I just loved playing games and drawing comic books. Um, but, you know, the coordinator at the time, um, he was like, you know, you draw so well, you should probably try to use this equipment, which was like a Wacom drawing tablet and see how you can draw digitally, relate that to technology. And, you know, being a teenager, I'm like, I'm not doing this. And then eventually <laughs> I did it, and just like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is what you can do with that. That's how these professionals color. It's like, you can actually go to school for this, too. Like, you can, you play games so much, why don't you make your own video game? Eventually, I learned how to use a program called RPG Maker and make my own role-playing games. Um, he had also encouraged me to teach younger kids how to use that program, so I ended up running a little workshop on how to use RPG Maker to um, kids who came in through the summer. I helped set up art galleries for my artwork. I was exposed to other kids, like the kid who worked on the zombie film. I learned a little bit about 3D design in um, a program called Maya. So I was exposed to a lot. And I think the more I was exposed to that, the more it encouraged me to actually go to college, because I really wasn't considering that. And I think being in the space and just being around so many creative people um, encouraged me to want to go to a four-year college. I ended up mentoring in the space after I became an adult in the space and helping other youth be creative. And eventually I went to Bunker Hill to study graphic design. And then after I completed that, I went to Mass College of Art to study animation. Um, and you know, years later I was mentoring and then I stopped after a while after the coordinator at the time left. And you know, I discovered I was a little little confused about where my path was going in life after I stopped going to the clubhouse. And then I heard about this position being open as an adult now, and now I'm back here, and it's just, I want you to have the same opportunity I did. Right. How often do you share your story with, with students? You know, now that you say that, not often. And I think I purposely don't do that because I don't want it to be about myself. Mm. I really want it to be about them, and I want to hear their story. Um, if a youth ever asks, I would. You know, a lot of youth know that I did go to the clubhouse as a kid, but I'm more interested in what has the clubhouse done for you now than what it's done for me. Right. Do they know that you starred in a zombie film back in the day? <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some of the challenges or what are some of the things that don't always go right? I think one... I would consider it a minor problem. Um, it's probably two, but minor problem first is definitely getting youth to, um, we do have a lot of youth that are working on long-term projects, but getting more youth to really take their projects seriously, seriously rather than doing quick projects. 
is a challenge. And that's just, I think, something that will be solved through time. The other real challenge probably is we have a music studio in the space. And, um, you know, we're all about youth making the music they want. We have had challenges with getting youth to make music that actually doesn't offend other people and isn't explicit. Um, and one of the ways we're trying to solve that challenge is, you know, I'm all about self-expression and being yourself, but I want you to be able to express yourself where it isn't offensive to anybody else. And if it is, how can we talk about it? So again, building those relationships and having those conversations, why are you saying this word in your, in your song? Like, why are you swearing this way? What's causing you to be like that? Are you trying to mimic what someone else is doing? Or are you actually going through this lifestyle? How can we help you make music in a way where it matters, where it actually makes sense, where you're telling your story, where someone else can understand it, and it's not actually offensive, it isn't explicit. We're a place where we welcome everybody in here, no matter, again, like I said, no matter who you are, no matter your sexual orientation, your gender, we welcome everybody in here. So we don't want, even outside of the music studio, we don't want you to create a project, even if that's a drawing, that offends someone else or anybody else. So. Let's have conversations about that and see how we can better word or better design what you're trying to say in a more productive and creative way. Still processing that. That's an amazing conversation to have and a difficult one to have where everything else, everything in terms of society is saying, this is what sells, this is what's most compelling, or of a student saying, this is me, this is what I feel, to sort of change or help them channel it in a different way. Yeah, it is, is a very, very kind of complicated process. It is. It's very difficult, but um, and I get a lot of pushback with it. But again, I'm not here to actually teach you or the youth. I'm here to listen. So I actually did have a youth do that recently, where he'd sent something in the song that I thought was a little explicit. So I asked him about it, and he said, "Well, it represents this and that." And I was like, "You know what? I'm okay with that because of the way you expressed it." And it's not me telling them, don't do this, don't do that. It's like, why? Like, I just want to know why. I want to know what your thought process is. And I feel like when youth are able to express themselves through that outlet, it allows them to be more creative. So if you're just telling youth what to do all the time and telling them no and not giving them a really outlet to express themselves, then I don't think you're really doing the job or doing what you mean to do. Like, mm -hmm. give them a chance. There are people just like us. We're all the same, you know, just give people a chance to express themselves no matter what they're going through. Mm. How much do you find that's, that youth gravitate towards music or to, towards entertainment and to developing those kinds of projects or, or exploring those kinds of ideas and outlets versus coding or 3D printing or graphic design? Is that something that you're trying to work through with students that are here? Is there a good distribution of the kinds of things they're interested in or is it clustered in just a few things? I'd say it's heavily focused on music right now, probably music and illustration. The interesting thing about the Clubhouse model, there have been different coordinators uh, throughout the time along on myself. I feel like whatever the coordinator is into or whatever the regular mentors are into, that's what's gonna spread throughout the space. Um, a coordinator before me had a heavy interest in music, so a lot of youth were here for music, making music in the music studio. Myself, I'm into art, so I feel when I'm here, a lot of people are illustrating in the space. But since the new move, we've had a lot more people interested in music. So right now, it's a combination of both. We have a, really, a few kids that are really good at coding, um, some that are really good at 3D printing, 
uh, that we also have a virtual reality set. So some are really good at working with the virtual reality tools that we have. There's a good mix, but right now it's heavily focused on art and music. So my last question is, who inspires you? What inspires me now is seeing other people really push themselves. Like I love, even in entertainment, I love seeing people who are being creative and then doing something that they've never done before. Um, youth that come to this space, like the kid who made the album and then did his own album cover, like sometimes that gets me emotional. And you can probably hear it in my voice right now, but like just seeing them really push themselves is huge to me. And that really pushes me to like want to go to the next step, make my art better. I'm always working on projects in the space myself too to help inspire them. So I'm never just walking around and like looking, checking in what they're doing. I do that sometimes, but a lot of times I'm working on my own thing because I want them to have the freedom to be creative. So uh, I'm definitely inspired by the youth in this space, but I'm also inspired heavily by other artists, other musicians. I'm a big hip hop fan, Wu-Tang for life. Um, <laughs> I listen to a lot of other music. I'm a big film guy. So I have a lot of interests um, and I'm always doing something different. You know, I recently learned how to uh, play a little bit of a, a bass. I've been trying to pilot a drone. I've been sculpting, doing a lot of different things. So just sometimes you have to take a break from what you normally do and try other things to really get inspired. But that's a great thing about this space, seeing so many other people in the space be creative and really do things they've never done before makes me want to do things I've never done before. Cool. Kamal, thank you. And continued good luck with the clubhouse. Thank you. I'm glad to do this. This is a this is a pleasure. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Power of Good is a production of Ink House, an integrated PR agency of and for change makers. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about people doing great things in creative ways or to share your story, visit us at inkhouse.com agency insights and be sure to follow us on social media at Inkhouse PR. If you want to connect directly, email us at powerofgood at inkhouse.com.